0: Post your free job on linkedin.com/slash people today. It's the question on everyone's lips:
2: Who will win the Ballon d'Or this year? Okay, maybe not everyone, but at least four people are asking that. Those four being me, Ben Snowball, Carrie Dunn, Marcus Foley, and Pete Charland. It's Game of Opinions from Eurosport. All right, everyone. Now, imagine you have the casting vote for the Ballon d'Or and all you've got to judge are the months January, February, March and a bit of April. Who are you going for? Pete, I sense you've got a strong argument lined up here, given in your argument on Eurosport.co.uk, you went in capitals to sign it off.
3: Yeah, I know. It's a clear indication that you've got the argument really sewn up and there's no sort of uh, insecurities about any any arguments that you're making. But for me, it's got to be Erling Haaland. I think that if you're looking at... uh, 2020 in, what, has been three months, if that. He's been the man for the moment so far. He's scored more goals than everyone in Europe, apart from Cristiano Ronaldo, while playing fewer minutes than Ronaldo. He's also managed to rattle an entire team, which I think for that alone, he should be awarded the Ballon d'Or, let's be honest.
2: And and just quickly, when you say rattle an entire team, you're referring to PSG?
3: Yeah, the entire PSG squad. One of the richly assembled squad in the world, full of superstars who've won everything apart from the Champions League, and they decided that a 19-year-old was going to get under their skin.
2: Now, Marcus, it's fair to say last week didn't go that well for you. How are you going to pick yourself up this week? (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Alison Becker, Liverpool goalkeeper. Um, Basically, I think he was a transformational signing for Liverpool. Now, I know we're only talking about the first few months of this season, but last season he was tremendous. Basically, he won in the Champions League, in my opinion. And then he carried that form into this season. And it sort of goes a little bit under the radar because he's just, he's so good that you don't sort of notice him. He just does everything to the highest standard. And then you look at the games he missed this season. He missed Chelsea in the FA Cup and the second leg against Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. And all of a sudden Liverpool are out of two tournaments. And it just underlines his importance. He's a transformational signing. Um, And the absence of him sort of cemented how good he is. And also the person who replaced him, Adrian, isn't really that bad a goalkeeper he's premier league standard goalkeeper played for west ham did well at west ham but allison is just so many levels above any other goalkeeper in the world and goalkeepers are an underrated commodity only one's ever won it so um i think it's time
2: Pete, charlotte big fan of that goalkeepers union nod carrie dunn who are you going for
4: Um, I'm going for a slightly left field suggestion because I think the mistake you guys are all making is that you're thinking that the Ballon d'Or is actually a football award when it's not. It's an award for people who can grab headlines, people who have been influential, but not necessarily on the field. So I'm going for Jordan Henderson, who was the person who managed to corral all the Premier League captains together, set up the Players Together initiative and start to raise money for coronavirus
2: and completing the lineup is—you've guessed it—me. I think Carrie is right. I think 2020 will be particularly 2020 will be particularly about off the pitch actions. How you helped in this in this time of struggle. But I am going to try and answer this from a football perspective. I think if an alien came down to Earth, knew the rules of football, but not our players or our history, who would they be most impressed by? Now that for me is the essence of the Ballon d'Or. Who was the greatest in that given window? Um, and you can never be sure of the judging checklist of Martians. Um, but I reckon Robert Lewandowski would be right up there. He's probably been Bayern's best player this season. He's got nine goals in eight games in the specific 2020 window that we're talking about. He's the top scorer in the Bundesliga and Champions League. And he's stepped up in big games already this year. He uh, set up both goals for Gnabry against Chelsea and scored the other. Uh, got a late winner against Paderborn um, and scored openers against Schalke and Mainz. And for me, that means that Lewandowski's right in the picture for this one too. Now, Carrie, I think I think it's a great, a great shout now for Jordan Henson, but it's quite difficult to know who has been the most influential off the pitch. Um there could be people doing unsung work. What is it about Jordan Henson that particularly grabbed your attention? Is it just players together?
4: Yeah, I mean the unsung work isn't the kind of thing that um that is going to get rewarded in this kind of high profile award, unfortunately. So, I mean, if you look at the kind of the past ten years of Ballon d'Or in terms of the men's side, you've got two players basically sewing it up. And it's basically on a timeshare between them. It's not necessarily who has been the best. It's basically whose turn it is for them. In terms of the women, I mean, last year, Megan Rapino obviously had a, you know, a massive season, but it wasn't she wasn't the best player in the USA squad that won the Women's World Cup. What she was was the noisiest. Um, she grabbed headlines. She said political things. She took a stance on things. And that is what she picked up the award for, I'd argue. So Jordan Henderson, in putting together players together takes the lead for me at this point yes okay someone might come on track in the next kind of three or four months six months however longer we're all going to be on lockdown the season's going to be suspended and they'll go into the lead but at the moment which is what I was asked for I reckon Jordan Henderson is dominating.
3: Harry what I'd maybe say in response to this is that I totally agree with you because I do think the Ballon d'Or is just a pathetic uh, popularity contest. Let's be honest. Like over the last couple of years, it's a tragedy. A travesty that someone like Virgil van Dijk didn't win. Like Luca Modric. Like, come on, give me a break. But if we are going to go down that road, then why would it be Jordan Henderson when the Premier League uh, clubs were the slowest to respond to the crisis compared to their, com- their counterparts in the Bundesliga or Syriat? Like, for ex- why would we not award one of those players? Who, admittedly, we don't know the full details about how those were organised, say at Bayern or Juventus, but. The European clubs were certainly a lot quicker than uh, Henderson and the Premier League clubs were to to act.
4: Yeah, I completely take your point. I mean, there are doubtless players and leagues doing similar and probably doing better. (laughs) Did they put a press release out about it? No, they didn't. (laughs) Jordan Henderson and players together are the ones that have grabbed the headlines because they've made sure that people know what they're doing, why they're doing. And obviously it is in response to uh, to the needling from the Secretary of State for Health here in the UK. And absolutely, it's a publicity grab. It's also a good thing to do. But the word seems to be that they were planning to do something before they were kind of nudged into doing it. So, um, yeah, if someone else wants to do a better publicity stunt, then by all means, go for it and go ahead in the Ballon d'Or standing.
3: I'm now pretty worried that we're going to see a situation where Gianni Infantino awards himself the Ballon d'Or because of football's response as a whole.
4: I really wouldn't be surprised.
2: Marcus, you're sitting there patiently ready to be attacked. Obviously, last week, as we mentioned
1: already, wasn't, wasn't your strongest performance? And- <laughs> um, I'd, 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 I'd say that's not quite correct. But anyway, we can move forward. I mean, that's, that's a misreading of a situation. I think we're stuck in an issue here where people just read headlines. If you, re- if you got into the, the crux of the argument, a top, top argument.
2: Okay. F- just saying. Right,
1: well, make another top,
2: top argument for us here. Um, you're basically awarding Alistair the award because he's not playing. Uh, it, it, it's, it seems insane. Like he's not in the Champions League, he's not in the FA Cup, and that's not his fault. But surely it's got to go to someone if we're rewarding it for football abilities for someone who's actually playing. Otherwise, you could get a 12-month leg leg break. Your team could get relegated and be like, "Well, what a season he had!" Because if he'd been in the team, then then they would have stayed up.
1: A fair point, Noble. What I would say to that is we are rewarding a ballon d'or when the game's not being played, <laughs> so it sort of follows. Um, and I think the point I was making is you just realise his brilliance when he's not there, like. Liverpool are a completely different team. Like, they made it to the Champions League final, and, you know, against Real Madrid, they lost it on the basis of Carriers. The following season, they get to the Champions League final, and I think people forget this fact, that against Barcelona, the second leg, he made about four or five very good saves, a couple of brilliant ones. And actually in the final against Spurs, he did the same, but it all sort of gets washed away um, because Liverpool in general are brilliant. And then I think the fact that he hasn't played and they've gone out of two competitions in the space of a couple of days actually confirms how good he is. So that would be the answer to that question.
2: A lot of things you said there didn't didn't happen in, in 2020. I'm just wondering why, specifically in 2020, when he didn't play in the big matches, they went out to Atletico, they went out to Chelsea. Like why that's the point, over, over everyone else in the football world, you've gone, oh, I'll pick a player who's not playing.
1: Snowball. <laughs> like, the basis of this argument is sort of like, Who would you give it to? Because let's be honest, if the season ran through as it did, it'd be Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo, right? So the basis of this argument is to give it to someone who wouldn't normally get it. So it's just following that logic through. Yeah, there's no chance he'd get it. But actually, the fact he didn't play is the very point that he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. And he's the best goalkeeper in the world by a distance. He's transformational to Liverpool. He was transformational last season when he played and they were... Got, won the Champions League, pushed City all the way. This season, he was transformational when they didn't play, because they were looking sort of borderline unbeatable, and then all of a sudden he doesn't play against Chelsea and then against Atletico, and they lose.
3: I've got a couple of things to say here. First of all, this is very difficult for me, because Carrie's picked Jordan Henderson, who I had play as player of the year. Marcus has picked a goalkeeper, and Snowball's picked Lewandowski, who's, in my opinion, one of the most underappreciated players in Europe. However, Marcus, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to help you out here with an idea and a... Uh, how you can actually fix this because no fixing needed but anyway continue I, th- I, th- I wish that was true I wish that was true Marcus I really wish that was true continue what, continue what I fundamentally do like Harry I do agree with you because I do think that if we ha- held this award at the end of the year and we played out a full season it would be Messi or Ronaldo or some kind of pity vote like Modric but Actually, the Alisson argument, I don't necessarily disagree with, but I think that you're making the case for Alisson winning a different award. And I've long held the belief that football should have an MVP award for someone who is most... Because I don't necessarily agree that best player and most important player to a team is necessarily the same thing. I think it's one of the reasons why Messi keeps winning these awards. Even he's He's often one of the best players in the world because of how high his ceiling is. But is it more of like a do we award someone an MVP award because actually they're so critical to their team? And what you're arguing there is Alisson, we've noticed him the most when he's not playing, i.e. against Atletico, against Chelsea, when Adrian had to come in and obviously made those mistakes. I don't necessarily think you could argue that Alisson has been the best player over the last, what is it, three months. In fact, I would maybe go as far to say that I'm not even sure Alisson's been the best goalkeeper in the last three
1: months. Yeah, I see what you're saying there, Pete. Um, I disagree with it. Strongly. Uh, Just out of interest, who would you say was the best goalkeeper over the last three months? It's tough. I would, if I was going to say. Would you say there's more than one? More than
3: one. I would say, if I was picking one, then the first one that springs to my mind is Oblak for sure. Like I think second. He made some unbelievable saves in that Liverpool game, and over the last oh, over the last season really. You're talking about how important Allison is to Atletico Madrid. But I would argue that this season more than ever, this Diego Simeone team doesn't look like a Diego Simeone team. They can't defend. Like There's so many lapses in concentration at the back. I'm not sure if that's because Godin's left or because they haven't got Gabby in front of them. But there's so many lapses that you would never see from a Simeone team. And I think it's maybe him trying to be more expansive after some of the comments Griezmann made. They splashed a hundred-odd million on Joe um, Felix. But Oblak has been the consistent light for them. Like He's the reason why they've still got one of the best defensive records in Europe. And I think
1: he's, he's the one that would spring immediately to mind for me ahead of Alisson. I disagree with that on the basis... Now, you know more about goalkeepers than I do, but he's, he's a brilliant goalkeeper in a certain system. So Alisson can play any number of systems and he's allowed Liverpool to play differently. So before Alisson was there, Liverpool used to press far, 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 far more aggressively. This season, they've eased it off a little bit. And I think it's down to Alisson and his ability to come out, play the ball at his feet. I'm not sure Oblak has that same sort of setup. It'd be very interesting to see um, how how Oblak would do in a more expansive team. Because he's 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 played in a more expansive team.
3: He played in a Benfica team that dominated across Europe. Dominated
1: across Europe?
3: Well, sorry, across Portugal. Sorry. Okay, excellent. but, But like... If you're, if you're playing for Benfica every week, I mean, let's, I, don't to, I don't want to be rude here, but the Portuguese league is not of the highest standard. So he has got the ability... So, so he's, he's defeating
1: fit in your own answer?
3: No, because he's having to play out from the back all the time.
2: Wow. Um, Charlotte, I think we can do a
3: Lewandowski-Harland head-to-head. I mean, in
2: terms of they play in the same position, uh, they play in the same league, uh, and it's just a basic a case of who do we think has had the better 2020. I mean, my case for Lewandowski is that, well, unlike all three of you, um, my player, when football returns, will still be in the Champions League, will still be fighting for the league title and still be fighting for a a National Cup. So that if football does resume, I'd say Lewandowski is actually in the best position to win the award, which I know is cheating slightly because I know what I said, base it January to April.
1: So we can wipe that bit, yeah?
2: I don't know because now I'm now I'm saying it out loud. I'm like, well, that's a great point. It's written here on my on my sheet of notes. It's written here in capitals, so it must be important. Just <laughs> um,
1: yeah, we'll, we'll discount that. So you've got to put forward another argument that actually. Fits. Okay, well he's
2: not he's not he's not had a single blip in 2020. Uh, he's played I think I think Bayern have played 11 matches, one ten drawn one. I think he's played in nine of those matches. Um, he's third highest rated on who scored uh, in Europe, 8.16 behind Messi.
3: A well known. Bastion of accuracy. I mean,
2: exactly four-game goal drought um, in twenty twenty, and Neymar, who plays in a farmers league and league um,
3: Yeah, I mean, I buy and as I said at the start, this is difficult for me because I buy and large agree with you, and I think for whatever reason we don't give Lewandowski enough credit. Like, actually, the only game what he hasn't scored in so far this year has been the Leipzig game. That's it. And as you said at the top of the show, like he was quality against Chelsea, um, even though he only got one. Um, I guess my counter-argument to why Lewandowski shouldn't win is actually to talk about why Haaland should win. Haaland scored more goals than him in 2020. He's come into a weaker team. He's also come into a new team where he's got to pick up new things. And he's looked like he's been playing in this Dortmund team for years. He's just started picking up scoring goals. He's already clicked with Jadon Sancho, Marco Royce, etc. And as I said, the only player who scored more than him is Ronaldo. And obviously you can then make the counter-argument to give it to Ronaldo. But frankly, that's boring.
2: OK, well, the counter argument to that is, is that they've both probably played in one massive game or two massive games in the case of Haaland in the
3: Champions League.
2: Uh, and when Haaland went away to the Parc de Princes, PSG, uh, he didn't have a good game. He didn't score. And Lewandowski went away to Stamford Bridge in the Champions League last 16, same round, same competition, uh, he scored one and set up two.
1: I'd probably
3: say Leipzig are better than Chelsea. I would say PSG are better than Chelsea as well. I'd also say that the only reason why Borussia Dortmund were even in that tie is because Haaland scored a brace in the first leg absolute banger
2: as well like I'm, I am I was all in for the Haaland argument but you shotgunned him so I've had to I've had to make a counter argument that I now believe
3: <laughs> well yeah, let's talk about PSG a little bit because um, like I can't get over this fact Like, so he scored that absolute rocket against PSG in the first leg he goes over and does this little meditation celebration right in the second leg Neymar scores and I think he might assist the other and they go through and then the whole team does this little meditation celebration. The whole team, I can't go over this. If it was just Neymar or Mbappe, I think that's fair enough because you know what they're like. Like They're always coming up with innovative new celebrations. But the whole team did it and they all did it after the game and they did it when they were celebrating with their fans. How corralled were they by a 19-year-old kid who was playing in Norway 18 months ago? That's enough for me. I don't care what any other player did. That's enough.
1: I think that says more about PSG though. That's 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 a shock in mentality.
3: Yeah, but like <laughs> it's him of all people as well. Like I think if you're getting rattled by I don't know, trying to think of who's the biggest roughhouse in that team. I, I can't think of someone who'd maybe I don't know Royce or Axel Witzel or something. But
1: Harland,
3: no, like, he's just joined as well. Like he's done nothing in Europe prior to this season. Like he's only what yeah, eighteen months into his like real professional career, and you're getting rattled by him.
2: Yeah, I like I like that argument too. To be fair, um, a couple of fans have also got in touch. Um, Ashley Willis, uh, he said. Cristiano Ronaldo. We were probably trying to look away from the kind of more established names, but he is the top scorer um, of major clubs in Europe in 2020. 11
3: league goals. There's there's something to be said about the fact that he's um, he is doing what he's doing now. Like I think he went through a slight rough patch at the start of the season, but he's picked up and he's doing what he's always done. And there's question there's like question marks over whether he was going to succeed when he went to Italy. And up until now, it looks like he's answering them. But if we're judging players by what they've done up until this stage, he might need to win the Champions League to really be into consideration for this.
1: A Fair point by Pete there. I think basically Juve bought him to win the Champions League. If you don't do that, then I'm afraid that's that's failure.
2: Yeah, um, and quite a few people, um, including uh, Charlene with no surname, uh, says just just suspend the competition, um, don't have a Ballon d'Or if there's no more football in 2020, which is understandable, but... It kind of defeats, puts a kind of punctures the balloon of this whole debate. Really, twenty minutes for twenty minutes for it to all be stamped out
3: comes back to Carrie's argument, then doesn't it? Give it for something else, or comes back to my improvement on Carrie's argument. Give it to Infantino.
2: Okay, we're going to do a stick or twist this week. I think there's a chance of maybe someone twisting. Marcus, I'm looking at you here, um, and I'll start with Pete. Are you sticking with uh, Erling Haaland or not?
3: I'm sticking to my guns. Haaland's got to win this.
2: Uh, Carrie stick Jordan Henderson. Now, Marcus Foley, there was a very, very strong argument made for you to swap to another goalkeeper in Jan or Black. Uh, so I imagine that's what
1: you're going to do. Um, I think your definition is strong and my definition is strong, are clearly different. So I think I'll be sticking, mate. <laughs> All the best.
2: Uh, and to complete the lineup, um, I, I actually believe that Robin Lewandowski is one of the most underappreciated uh, players in Europe, and I think I think it's his time in 2020. Um, so I'm also going to stick. <laughs> Uh, Well, that's it. Uh, Thanks to everyone for for listening again. And thanks, of course, to the gang, Pete, Marcus, Carrie. Thanks for joining. Uh, You've been listening to Game of Opinions. Uh, Just remember to subscribe and rate and tell all your friends. Over and out.
4: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. Um